Well, good evening. We're glad that you guys are here tonight in our uh, Wednesday night experience, our midweek experience. On Sunday, this past weekend, we started a brand new series entitled uh, Celebrating God, Praise and Worship. And so we're going to continue that series all through the week, the Wednesday nights uh, that we have in the month of July because we really, 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 really want you to engage and understand the biblical principles not just the uh, hand clapping that happens or the hand raising or, or the shouting and the excitement about all of this, which that's a lot of fun. If you miss out on that, you just need to join us, okay? It's just a lot of fun. Um, but that you truly understand biblically what worship is all about. Because we never want to lead you to a place that's just about emotions or just about hype or just about uh, music because it's more than that. Worship is far more than just singing a song as we learned last week or this past weekend. So tonight we're going to dive into it. If you have your Bible, you can open up. We're going to start in the Old Testament and move our way into the New Testament. But we're going to be in the book of Isaiah. And if you don't have your Bible, you can pull up your, your phone, grab the app. Here we go. Tonight we are going to be unpacking the subject matter of created to worship. Main series is entitled Celebrating God Created to Worship. Now I don't know about you, but in the month of July in my house, it's all about celebration. Both my children were born in this month. My son just celebrated his birthday on the 8th. My daughter is literally in two days. And then the most, you know, important person in the whole house, my birthday is on the 27th. And so uh, even though my kids get this big celebration, I'll get a card and a hand clap. You know, thanks, Dad. You're, you're, you're born. Uh, that's just what it's, you know, we, are not, we get it. Adults, like, we stopped counting. At least I did when I crossed that 30 mark. I was like, I don't care. I don't care how old I am anymore. Uh, but, but in my house, I mean, the month of July is all about celebrating. And we sometimes, as Christians, we forget that that's what it's all about. It's all about celebrating and bringing honor to our God. Sometimes worship or our church can just be so stuffy and, and tight and, 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 and just boring. Can I say that? Is that all right if I say that in this group? Like sometimes it can just be straight up boring, but the reality is we were created. I mean, to the very fiber of our being, we were created to celebrate and to praise and to worship and to honor and bring thanksgiving to our God. And so tonight I hope we can get there biblically. If you're not there spiritually in your heart, you can get there with us tonight through God's Word. So here we go. We're just going to be in a, in a very simple message tonight. Three simple points. Uh, we're going to gravitate around the Word of God. But before I, we start, I just want to say this first point right up front. What, what the mechanism of worship, the experience of worship, the experience of praise, its whole intention, because we were created for this, is to reposition and reprioritize the things in our life and put God back on the number one seat where He belongs. You got to know that. Like worship is not about you and I, even though when we're in these kinds of moments, worship just, it touches our heart, it blesses our heart. Why? Because we're wired for it, we're created for it. But the reality is worship was a, a mechanism that realigns all the stuff and puts God back in first place in our life. Why? Because here's what we do. We are wired for worship. We're wired to worship things. And all of us are worshiping something, whether you are a Christian or a non-Christian or you're checking out this whole God thing. Every person on this planet worships something. We've all talked about that before. We worship something. Worship is just whatever you're ascribing time, energy, and resources to. That's worship. Whether that's your job, your relationships, your kids. Some of, all come out, some of us are kids. Like uh, for me, it was me. Like that's who I worshipped, right? Like I didn't realize that I was worshipping me until I got into God's Word and understood it. But all of us worship something. 
And, and so because we have this shaped hole for worship, we were created for it, we are wired to worship something. When, when God is not the thing that we worship, we'll put anything in its place. I mean, anything, because there's a longing inside of us to connect and to worship something. God wired us that way. And so what a lot of us have done is we've put other things in place. And when we truly, when we truly understand biblical worship, it begins to rearrange all that stuff and all maybe for the first time in our entire life or maybe for the first time in a really long time or maybe just the, oh yeah, I remember that. It just puts God back in first place in our life. And I don't know about you, but I want God to be first place. I don't want him to be second, third, fourth or at the bottom of my list. I want him leading my life. I want him at the top of my uh, uh, priority list. And, but I'll tell you, just like you guys struggle with this, that's difficult because there are sometimes money becomes very important to me. There's sometimes relationships become very important to me and I can be confused because I desire to worship inside of me just like you do. I desire to worship something. These other things can begin to pull and bring God down to number four or number five. But when I truly understand what biblical worship is, that I was created to worship God. Okay, there's, this, there's the key. Not just anything, but I was created to worship Him. It's designed to put everything back in, Him back in first place. And so hopefully you understand that. We'll walk through that. Isaiah says it this way, okay? This is the word of God speaking to us. And it says, the prophet through the prophet Isaiah, it says, bring all who claim me as their God. Specifically those of us in this room who have surrendered our heart to Jesus and said, Jesus, here's my sin. I exchange it for your grace and your forgiveness. And I'm trying to follow you the best way I know how. Especially us who have already walked that, that pathway and crossed that threshold, the Word of God says, all those, bring all who claim me as their God, for I have what? What does it say? I have made them for my glory. You've got to know biblically that that, that that number one seat in your heart doesn't belong to entertainment. It doesn't belong to culture. It doesn't belong to your spouse. It belongs to God. He created us for this, and the Word of God points us back to that, that we were made for His glory. And then when, when you get that, when everything else lines up afterwards, like Matthew says, when I seek Him first, He lines everything. When your priorities are in that order, God first and everything else underneath that, all of a sudden the purpose of your life becomes super clear. It's not to make money. It's not to, it's not to be successful. It's not to be educated. It truly is at the core of who we are. As human beings, not as Americans, not as uh, uh, Westover Hillians, all right, not as San Antonians, but above all of that, as human beings, the thing that unites all of us and puts us all on the same playing field at the core of human being is our Creator who fashioned us all together. And Isaiah says, Gather all of them who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was God speaking, I who created them. There was a time in my life where I thought, I created me. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I did the hard work. I put the hours in. I, you know, I'm the one that's, you know, doing this. I'm the one that did this. And God, I'm the one. Not, you have been separate from my life for so long. I'm the one who pulled myself up. And there was only moments after that where the Holy Spirit reminded me, no, I'm the one who created you. In you, excuse me, the Word of God says, in Him we live and breathe and find our purpose, our being, our reason for existence. So biblical worship is just understanding right at the bat, right out of the gate, God's first. Why is He first? Because He made us. And He made us to focus our heart and our attention on Him, the Creator 
and who, the God who knows all things and is all things and holds all things in his hands. That's what praise and worship, that's what we were created to do. The, the book of Revelation, so we're going to go all the way to the end of the book, right? So some of you are like, yeah, maybe some things have changed since Isaiah's time, right? Maybe there was an awakening that happened, and, and God got to move down to second space or third space. But now we're going to go all the way to the end of the end, the book of Revelations, where we get a picture, a snapshot from John the Revelator, and he gets to see what the end looks like and what's happening at the end. At the end, is, is, is there still worship? Is God still number one? Well, let's find out together. And the book of Revelations, chapter chapter 4 verse 9 through 11 it says whenever the living things give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne that's Jesus the one who lives forever and ever just remind yourself that he's not going away he is the king of kings he is the lord of lords he's the only thing that is going to last forever he's the only ruler that lasts forever verse 10 it says the 24 elders fall down and what do they do they worship the one sitting on the throne okay so there it is there's 24 people we already see that in scripture they're not worshiping each other they're not going hey you're here in heaven i'm in heaven high five i see your crown whoa that's awesome look at my crown they're 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 not even focused on on what what is going on in their own lives it says they bow down and they excuse me they, they worship the one sitting on the throne all the attention is going to this one who is this one here he is the one who lives forever and ever the one at this point who has conquered death hell and the grave that's jesus and it says and they lay their crowns before the throne and this is what they say you are worthy O lord our god there it is it's not directed to themselves or to some idol they know exactly who they're bringing this worth to it says to receive glory honor and power for here it is you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased we're here on this earth god set these things in motion because it pleased him and worship is just a reminder it ain't about us. It truly is about Him. And I've said that many times in a worship service before. I know I've said it this year uh, at least once or twice where, where, you know, when it's something about just calling up to heaven and just saying, God, you're amazing. You're worthy of honor. You're worthy of praise. And, and, and God doesn't need to hear that. He already knows how awesome He is because He knows everything, okay? He's all-knowing. That's part of who He is. But sometimes worship is just reminding me, oh, yeah, I forgot, God. Uh, you are awesome, you know, I thought this was awesome and I thought these things were ruling my life, but oh yeah, I forgot. It's you. You're number one in my life. Sometimes worship does that. It just puts everything back into perspective. Why do we dedicate so much time to that in our worship services or in our experiences on Wednesday night? Because we want you to understand God has to be first in your life because we were created to bring him glory and to bring him honor. And when I give glory and honor to other things, even if it's myself or other people, it's, it's, it's broken biblically. Worship, true worship, biblical worship is focused one way, one way, one way to him. All 24 elders at the end of the end, what are we doing at the end of the end? They are worshiping God because that's what we were created to do. And I know that there's tension in my heart, tension in your heart. When you hear this, you're like, that sounds, you know, boring. Like, uh, uh, can, can we like play golf or something while we're up there? Or like, can, can we, golf is boring as it is. So I'm sorry. I don't know why I gave that example. That's a bad example. Uh, you know, double boring. That's, that's like hell. No, anyway. So uh, can we do something else? I mean, what? But that's from a mindset here on earth that it's about us. But what we're seeing is a picture, a picture of the end of the end when we've been made perfect through Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. And we truly begin to see differently it is about him. Worship just realigns all of that stuff in our life. That's why it's in scripture. That's why we're instructed. That's why we're encouraged. That's why we're taught. That's why we're led. That's why David gave us such great words in the book of Psalms to remind ourselves 
though I'm being chased by every enemy on every side, you're in charge. You're my refuge. Putting him back in the number one seat. So that's number one. We're created to worship, and it reminds us it puts God first, uh, puts him back in first place. Number two is simply this. Praise and worship. When we, when we have this segment in our, our, our worship experience on Wednesday nights, but even in our own life, whether at home or in the car or at HEB, because that's sometimes when it happens for me, praise and worship is to get us back into his presence. It's an invitation. The Bible says it's where he shows up. It's where he lives. It's where, God, uh, exper- it's where we experience him in a very transcendent way. When we worship, when we begin to praise, when we begin to lift up word to God, the Bible says that's his inhabitants. That's where he dwells. That's where he sets up home. And it's an invitation. Almost like he puts that open house sign and, and you know, been in your neighborhood and you get that open house sign i mean someone something's happening in the house they put balloons it's a welcoming mat they put it out there say anyone can come in and check out what's going on that's what praise and worship is it's god going hey come check it out come come be welcome back into my presence it's available to all back in the in the old testament they had to go behind this closed curtain and you couldn't get into the curtain unless you were the the priest who had you know done everything right or else you had to wear these bells and they would die if you had sin they had to drag your body out and there was this veil and it was only available for anyone on this side of the veil but in the new testament when Jesus rose from the grave or when he died and and it was on on that third day and he died the Bible says that the veil was ripped open what was that doing that was God going hey anybody can experience this not just the elite not just the special class but but when he ripped that veil he opened up the heaven and he said all are welcome praise and worship is an invitation back into the presence of God that was kept from us for so long it's no longer the elitist. It's no longer the best of the best. God says it's available for all. It's an invitation back into communion with him. That's what praise and worship does. It's more than singing. We were created to be in his presence. That's why in the garden he set him there. And the Bible says that he walked with him. We were created to be with God and in his presence. But when sin came in, it jacked everything up. It created this huge gap between us and God. But Jesus filled that gap. And now praise and worship is the avenue that we can walk back and begin to say, God, I'm welcomed back into your presence. Thank you. I am no longer a slave. I am a child of God. If that's not an invitation to come back to God, I don't know what is he says come back come back praise and worship is that it's this it's this invitation to draw closer to him and it's james chapter 4 verse 8 says draw near to god and what does he do he draws near to you it's an invitation it's an invitation why does our our worship team and our leaders uh, oh, we call them worship leaders we don't call them worship doers we say you lead us because we're gonna we're, you're gonna help us draw closer to god because what happens when we draw closer to god god draws closer to you now we can read the opposite of that if i draw away from god what happens god draws closer no god draws he, he he's he stays But when we draw closer to him, the word of God is true. It says, he takes steps towards us. Now, he's always pursuing us. But but when when we neglect, when we say, God, I'm not interested in your presence. God, I don't want this in my life. God, that's for them, you know, crazy Pentecostal people. That's for those, you know, people that have grown up in church. I'm going to stay away from that. I'm going to be avoidance of that. The word of God, if you just read it as it is, it says that his presence is not drawing near to you. But when you draw near to him, God steps in and he starts moving towards you. And there's a collision that happens. 
Some of us in this place, we've been saying, I just want to meet, I just want to have an encounter with God. Then here's how you do it. You begin to lift up your hands and surrender. You begin from your heart. You begin to confess. You begin to say, God, I was created for your purpose. You are worthy. You are holy. And watch as you draw near to God. God wraps himself around you and draws near to you. It happens. It happens in a worship environment. It happens when, when, when we lift up his name and we magnify and we bring worth to him. He draws closer to us as we draw. So praise and worship, it's, it's an invitation back into the presence of God, and it's where we belong. It's where we belong. Instead of in the rigmarole of what maybe some of us grew up in, the environments that told us we're not good enough or the environments that told us that you're not this enough, it's in God's presence that we discover who we really are, what we were really created for. Praise and worship is an invitation back into his presence. And then lastly, I'm just going to say this is kind of a, a simple message tonight. And we're going to end in a few moments. We're going to end in a time of response. And there's no surprise here tonight. The response is going to be worship. Because there are some of us in this room, like we, we, we need to step into the God. We need to go back home. We need to go back into the presence of God. We need, to, we need to feel God's love again. We get to understand who we are in Christ one more time. And so at the end of this message, in a few moments, I don't want anyone leaving, all right? I want us to engage. I want us to say, God, tonight, you're going to be number one again. And God, tonight, I'm being invited back into a relationship with you that I've not had for a really long time. But but here's the last point of the night, and we're going to get into the altar. This is 100% for those of us who have crossed over that field and have accepted Jesus Christ. If you're here tonight and you haven't done that, I pray that you would understand that God is always calling you back. But those of us who have made this decision in our life, I will call you Christ followers. We're, we're trying to be like Jesus. Can I tell you something about worship? Uh, that's, just, that's just what we do. Saved people worship, Okay. That, that's, that's just, we, we, have been un, we have already been made alive in Christ. We are no longer dead. It's what we do. It's, it's, it, as a Christ follower, I don't know, I would almost dare to say that you can't call yourself that and not, and not worship God and not spend time in his presence because that's what we do. We understand that we were once lost, but now we were found. We understand that we'd still be in the pit. We'd still be in the mess of our sin, but God rescued us. And their only response is, God, you're worthy because I shouldn't be here. Save people. We worship. We worship, and I call anyone out who says, you know what, that's just, uh, that's just not in my personality. It has nothing to do with your personality. It has everything to do with your salvation, everything to do with the cross, everything to do with him raising again and inviting us back into his relationship. That's what it has to do with. It has nothing to do with our personalities. Well, I'm a quiet person. Pastors talked about that. I'm a quiet person. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with God and what he's already done. Saved people, we worship we worship because we understand this. We understand this right here. And this is what I'm going to end tonight. The worship team is going to begin to come up here. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, we get this. We understand this right here. Verse 9, it says, but you are not like that. Like what? What was he talking about a few passages earlier? He's talking about what it means to be trapped in sin, what it means to be lost. 
Hey, we understand. We're not like that anymore, right? God has rescued us. God has changed us. He says, but you're not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. God has marked us is what it says. And it says this, as a result of what? Of God coming down and sending his son Jesus. As a result, you can show others the goodness for God. For why? For he has called you out of darkness into light. So say, people, we worship because of what God has already done in our life. Not for what he has to do in the future, but for what he's already done in the past for our hearts. He has brought us from darkness into light. I got to be honest with you. There's not anybody else on this earth that can do that for you. Saved people, we understand that it's only through Jesus Christ. It's only through the Savior that this can happen. So for those of us that are Christ followers, come on, I'm going to challenge this for a moment. Praise is a fruit of our salvation. It's a byproduct. It's a byproduct. That's what's as a result that's what it says in First Peter. As a result of us being rescued, we worship. We share the goodness of who God is. Praise is a result. It's a fruit of, this, of our salvation. I try to teach my kids all the time. When someone gives you something, what do you say? Right? Thank you. That's a challenge in my house. They're still little, eight and six, and now he's nine and she's about to be seven. Can't get that wrong because they're changing ages. You know, I'm not eight anymore. I'm eight. I'm nine. I'm not six, Dad. I'm seven. Okay, I got it. All right. Uh, I try to teach them. Hey, someone gives you something. I don't care what it is. They could give you the shoes that you already owned. They can just hand it to you. Grandma hands you something. Mom hands you something. I want to teach them thank you. Why? Because I want my kids growing up. When someone does something for you, you honor that person. I want to teach them what Jesus has done. We say thank you. It's a fruit of our salvation. We understand what the cross meant for us. It meant everything spilled out on our behalf. I was created to worship. But saved people. And I get it. I get it. I recognize it. even watching online. You may be checking out this whole God thing. And you're, you, you would not qualify yourself as rescued or saved. I understand. This is an invitation. This is an invitation to come back to God. As we worship tonight, you may have never done this before, but we're going to invite you. We're going to invite you all over this room. We're going to invite you to come back to God and just spend time with the Creator. You're going to find that that's what you, you've been searching for. That's what you were created for. And I'll just say this. To those of you that are maybe not found Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible will say we're still in darkness. That's what it will say. We're still in darkness. But when I read 1 Peter... And I understand that God has taken me out of darkness into light. Some of us, were still in darkness. Can I tell you what praise and worship does? It dispels darkness. There have been dark seasons of my life. Well, the only thing I can do is say the name of Jesus. All I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't even pray. I can just say, Jesus! I know you're here, Jesus. Just call on his name. You know what happens in those moments in my life? When I'm surrounded by darkness, that name that I'm lifting up, that I'm magnifying, that's worship. When I'm giving it worth, when I'm saying, I'd rather say your name than any other name. I can't say anything else. I can just say your name. When I begin to ascribe worth to Jesus, when I begin to lift up that name, darkness has to flee. Darkness has to go. Because under that name, there is nothing more powerful than that name. Not my circumstances, not my fire. Everything has to obey and submit to the name of Jesus. 
So you may be here tonight in absolute darkness, relational darkness, financial darkness. You may just literally be sitting in the dark. God, in lifting up his name, allows darkness to flee and light to show up and overcome darkness. It's an invitation tonight. It's an invitation. Praise and worship, our response tonight is an invitation. You may say, but I don't know how to do this. I've never done this before. It's not a matter of how to. There's some practical how-to hands and claps and yells and shouts and dances. There's some practical how-tos. But you know what the Word of God says? What God is looking for? Just someone who is truthful and who is, uh, this Bible says, spirit and truth. That's what he's looking for. Someone who says, I recognize that I was designed for this. And God, I am hurting and I am broken. That's all God says. That's all he needs. And that may be you tonight. You may be saying, I truly am broken. I truly am in darkness. So all I have to do is bring that to God. And that's my form of worship? Yes, it is tonight. That's your form of worship by saying, God, I trust you with, with this brokenness. Here it is. I'm making you the number one thing in my life, not my brokenness anymore. You're in charge. You're, you're above all of it. And just offer it. That's worship tonight. That's what he looks for. And so tonight, that's the invitation. Let, let, let worship dispel darkness in your life. And let the goodness of God begin to rise in this room. The Bible says, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let let God arise and his enemies be scattered. The enemy of fear, the enemy of divorce, the enemy of shame, the enemy of, of doubt. All of it has to scatter when we begin to let God arise in our hearts. So tonight, this is our response. The word of God has been spoken. It's been laid before our hearts. We have a choice. We can say, we don't want to take any of that. And you can walk out of this place the same. But tonight, we are inviting you back into the presence of God. Where you were created to live. Where you were created to dwell. And watch as you begin to lift up your voice tonight. As you begin to pour out your heart to God. Darkness is going to flee. And God is going to set you free. God is going to begin to lift up you as you lift up Him in this place. All over this room, I'm going to invite you to stand. Would you stand all over this place, all over this room. And just like we do in regular worship, you want to come down to this altar. You need to step out of a place that you're in as a physical statement saying, I'm not going to be here anymore. I'm no longer going to be bound by all this stuff. I'm going to make a statement by walking down to the altar. We invite you now come. Not later, but now. The Holy Spirit has been speaking to you all night long. Step out of your chair. Come down to this altar. And tonight, our worship, our response is going to be worship. Our response is going to be, God, you are greater. You are amazing. God, tonight, I want darkness to flee in my life. God, tonight, I want to be back in your presence. God, tonight, I want to be made new in you. God, tonight, I want to be made great in you. And it can happen right here in worship. Right here in worship tonight. Come on, just begin to lift up your hands before we sing any songs. The greatest form of worship is when your heart begins to just cry out. When your heart begins to be real with God. And say, God, I'm broken. God, I need you. God, you're great. God, you're mighty. Just ascribe words to Him. Begin to, be, begin to fit in what you were created to do right now. Jesus, we worship you. We magnify you. Above all things, Jesus, God, you are greater. You are mighty tonight in this place. You invite us back into your presence in this moment. To be reconciled with you through Jesus. In Jesus' name, we just invite your presence here, God. Have your way, have your way, have your way. Come on, you didn't come down here tonight, but God is beckoning you. God is saying, step out. God is saying, move. God is saying, step into. Come on, tonight you have opportunity to step into God's presence all over this room. Holy Spirit, you're here. Holy Spirit, you're here. And we we bring our brokenness to you tonight in Jesus' name.
This is what we were created to do. To bring worth and honor and glory to you, God. Be number one in our hearts again, Jesus. Come on, would you worship? No, no, no. Would you worship? Would you worship? It doesn't have to be screaming loud, but make it a vocal thing in your heart. Make it a vocal thing. Make it something that your mouth begins to speak because it's in your heart tonight. Because it's in your heart, your mouth speaks. Begin to speak it out of your mouth. God, I'm lonely. God, I desire a relationship with you. God, I have sin in my life and I want to get rid of it by worshiping you, inviting Jesus to be the leader of my heart. Just call out to him tonight all over this place. So yeah, that's right. Just begin to worship. God, you're worthy. You're worthy tonight, Jesus. Come on, all the way from front to back, just begin to worship. Just begin to call out to God in your own way. Maybe you've never done this before. It's a, this is a safe place. God is here tonight and He wants to hear from you. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. We honor you with our heart and our life, God. This is what we were created to do. To bring worship and honor to you tonight, Jesus. Lord, I know you're breaking chains right now. You're dispelling darkness right now. You're bringing light into dark places and dark hearts right now. You're setting people free all over this room. All through worship, God, all through worship tonight. You're breaking bondages. You're setting people free tonight in Jesus' name. As we begin to sing songs that are going to come on the screen, listen, if you don't know the words, you don't have to sing the song. Just begin to worship Him. Just begin to worship Him, even through corporate worship. You need a moment, you need to bow down, you need to kneel down. You do what God is calling you to do, but make Him the number one thing in your life tonight as we worship. Come on, let's respond and worship tonight. today as we continue to sing that no matter what you may be walking through I want that to be a declaration because you may look around and you may look through human eyes that say but Lindsay you don't understand I don't feel God around me Lindsay you don't understand I don't see like the other people see I don't I don't respond like that and what I want to do is I want to encourage you tonight to remind yourself through this song that you were created to worship. In spite of everything that's going on in your life, 
So as we lift up our voice and as we make this declarative statement, I want you to allow this statement to worship you I live. I live to worship you. I want you to speak that into your life tonight. Oh yes, oh God. this room let's lift up our voice and let's welcome the presence of God to continue to move in this place that as we welcome his presence and we lift up our praise that there's breakthrough
stirring in our sons and daughters, earth revealing heaven's wonders, spirit come, spirit come, what we speak All your children shall behold it. We're breaking in this moment. Spirit come, Spirit come. Pour it out. Let your love run over. Here and now, let your glory this house, pour it out, let your love run over, here and now, let your glory fill this house, as the world awaits your This power is within us. We will rise to be your image. Spirit come, Spirit come. Pour it out. Let your love run over. Here and now, let your glory fill. Let your love run over here and now. Let your glory fill this house. Lord, we await you, Lord. Send your presence, God. We seek you, Lord. We seek your presence, Lord.
for our King is soon returning. As we hold to this assurance, Spirit, come, Spirit, come, Spirit, come, Spirit, come, pour it out, let your love run over, here and now, let your glory fill this house,
bring you glory and bring you praise. And we're never going to stop singing about what you do in our lives. We worship you tonight. Come on, we worship him tonight. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Yeah. We thank you, God, for who you are. Woo! Come on, that just feels good. Come on. Because this is what we were created to do, guys. And it just, it just makes sense when we point it in the right direction. When we say, God, it's about you. It just makes sense. Everything makes sense when we hang out in the presence of God. Come on. Somebody, somebody in this room tonight, you said, you know, tonight... I came in, there was darkness hanging out over me, but tonight I felt like the darkness has left and there's light. Would you just lift your hand? You say, that's you? Lou, would you just lift your hand and say, that was me tonight? Look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that. Darkness gone. Look at that over there. Darkness gone in Jesus' name. Darkness gone in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not just a song. It's what we were made to do tonight. It's what we were made to do. So you can take this. They don't stop here. You can be at HEB, like I said earlier. You can be in your house. You can just begin to tell God, God, I love you. I worship you. Watch him. The darkness that was surrounding you will just have to run away in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your presence. We thank you because it is because of you, God, that we have life, that we are made alive. And we thank you that you have given us, God, hope and joy. And what it means to truly live, God, is found in you, God. And we give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Woo! And this is just the second message of what God wants to do in praise and worship. It's just going to keep getting better. We are honored that you came to be with us tonight and hang out with us tonight and worship with us tonight. We are truly thrilled. If you are a young adult, I want to remind you right after this service is over, don't leave, all right? Come on, you're all hacked. Y'all jacked up and excited. Go to the cafe, all right? Go hang out with us in the cafe. We got free food for you. Everybody else, we love you, but it's not for you. All right, we love you, but it's for 18 to 29. God bless you guys. We'll see you this weekend. You're just